0: How would you evaluate your season?
1: Uh, I think we ain't done yet.
2: You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet.
3: Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Steve Barrow here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, devastating loss for the Rams this weekend. They fall just short against the Houston Texans in the preseason. How are, have you recovered from this? Are you, you know, have you been able to get on with your week? It, it's surely been tough for all of us.
1: You know, it it's always one of those things where whenever you lose. You kind of avoid the news at all costs. Uh, but then you remind yourself it's just preseason.
3: <laughs> Truly just so meaningless. This game.
1: <laughs> Especially when you keep a lot of things in mind. Like the fact that these most of these guys won't even make the roster. And... And on top of that, they were going up against the starting, or most of the starting unit um, in the first half with the Texans. So
3: it says more about the Texans than it does the Rams. Who Like, who is the last, it, I, don't, I don't even know what last, in the era of Sean McVay not playing players? Like, has there been a preseason breakout who wasn't drafted before, like, I don't know, the seventh round, um, that has contributed at all in the regular season? Because everyone, uh, I feel like, who has made an impression either was drafted or cut. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs)
1: Like, like
3: Daryl Hodge, like, those guys didn't make the team.
1: And they're you know the preseason warriors too. That's the that's kind of the interesting thing, you know. These are guys that are true standouts, and they either they either don't make the the team or are on the pack practice squad or buried in the depth chart that you never
3: see them anyway. Yeah, even like like I don't remember Nick Scott doing anything in the preseason, and he's a contributor now. Like Ernest Jones didn't do much last year, although he. Kind of contradicted what I just said. because is a high draft pick. Like I don't know, and it maybe I I literally just finished watching the the condensed version of this game, and the announcer was like, "Yeah, Sean McVay in the preseason he lets his coordinators call the games." So like this <laughs> this isn't even his offense. Like it is, and it is really not. <laughs> so uh, well, we'll definitely talk about it because there are guys that will you know make. Or not make the team. And if injuries happen, these guys could play. I will say this, though. What a fucking embarrassing showing from the Houston Texans. I mean, <laughs> they real. don't have. They don't have. Obviously, they're not playing all their starters in this game. There is a lot of notable omissions. Brandon Cook's not out there. Uh, Laramie Tunzel's not out there. Even Damian Pierce isn't out there. But you've still got your starting quarterback. You've still got a lot of players that will play tons of snaps come week one and you are losing for the first 30 minutes of the game I mean, you're not losing not winning because obviously it was tied 0-0 for a bit but oh my god man what just what that's tough you know you if you're playing your starting quarterback in a preseason game against not just a team that doesn't play a lot of players the team that plays the least players in the preseason. And they they can't score a touchdown until the last second of the first half. Like that is that is a tough look. I am so happy we we're out of that era of football.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, anytime you put a lot of stock into uh into the preseason, this isn't this isn't where you want your team. You know, the the preseason is exactly how Sean McVay, you know, should, you know, maybe Sean McVay takes things a little bit to the extreme where he doesn't play, you know, contributors. Uh, but at the same time, he he pretty much uses it exactly how I feel preseason should be intended to be used. And that's using it for camp battles and basically in key position uh, battles for essentially backup roles. Now, to be fair, the Rams are in a much better position than most of the NFL. Uh, there's very few teams that are in better position than the Rams are in terms of, uh, you know, the type of players they have and their, you know, the, the type, you know, their starters, They they pretty much know everyone that's going to be a starter or contributing starter. And that's pretty rare at this point for, you know, a lot of teams, particularly teams that are on the playoff bubble or are just downright terrible like the Texans. So maybe it does make sense for them to play their starters a little bit more than, say, the Rams. But, yeah, this approach, I think, is a winning approach and why other teams are starting to, you know, back away from putting in a lot of their key starters. And uh, if you notice, teams that are under the McVay coaching uh, tree like, you know, Brendan Staley are – in a similar fashion, maybe not as, um, maybe not as dramatic as McVeigh is with, uh, not playing everybody, but he was clearly not playing many of his starters either.
3: Yeah. And it's like, I I think it makes sense for the Texans to play starters because like you said, they're bad and they have shit they need to figure out. Um, but like they didn't play Damian Pierce in this game. And if you don't know, Damian Pierce he's a fourth round draft pick. Uh, running back, looked really impressive in week one of the preseason. Lovie Smith said they didn't need to see him, which means he's probably locked up their starting job. But then why the fuck is Davis Mills out there? Like, why is he playing in this game? What, and you're not playing your best offensive line. I mean, I know it's the, the Rams' backup, so theoretically he shouldn't be getting pummeled. But... He took a bit of a beating. Why the fuck is he playing in this game? If you're benching guys like Damian Pierce, like that's just mind blowing to me. To be fair, too, though,
1: you you have to imagine that. I, I mean, Davis Mills did not look impressive, and you're right. There were certain aspects that were not in his favor, like having, you know, kind of a secondary uh, offensive lineman out there not exactly what you want to see as a starting quarterback. And, you know, he didn't have his, you know, true weapons out there like Brandon Cooks um, and, and uh, Pierce to an extent. But, you know, he, he, there was a lot of questionable throws that he threw out there. Not a, And I realize he's a young quarterback still, but it, it didn't look very promising. Like, I – I honestly do not see the hype in Davis Mills. I mean, I guess he's better than just about anyone else that the Texans have currently. But I I really do not see the hype in Davis Mills. Am I overreacting a little bit, Steve? I don't think I am. I, I think
3: Davis Mills was good enough last year to warrant another season to see if he could be the guy. But, like, goddamn, this was not a step... In that direction, at all I would say, almost hurt, it hurt him more than not playing, to go out here and not carve up the Rams' second stringers. I mean, like obviously some of our guys rotated out after the first half, but Kyle Allen looked better than him, and Jeff Driscoll looked better than him, which is like just pathetic. Uh, so I don't know. I, I I don't hate Davis Mills, but I certainly hated him in this game. He looked fucking horrible.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I I think I think Davis Mills is is a tad overrated in, in my opinion. But uh, again, he he will have better weapons. He'll have better protection. But still, the fact that and and the thing was, I kind of figured the Rams are going to lose this game, and I was even somewhat expecting a decisive victory for the Texans, considering that Davis Mills was going to be starting in this game. But they just barely won. They they barely beat the Rams, and really, it was just towards the end where you know, like pretty much ninety percent of these players are not going to make this roster. If if not, like ninety nine percent of these players aren't going to
3: make the roster. So, I guess congratulations, Texans, you got the victory. So if if you Sat down and ranked the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. Do you think Davis Mills would be in it? Oh man, because uh, I'm I I don't I don't like I don't think he would. I don't know.
1: I, I I would struggle to put him there, but then I think about teams like you know the Steelers who may have a Mitch rookie Trubisky out there better. and pick it. Yes, Mitch Trubisky, I will agree, is better. So. And, and and that's the other thing. What if Pickett becomes the starting quarterback? Do you rank Pickett ahead of Mills? Uh,
3: I'll have to see a game. Um, and I didn't watch the Steelers game this week, but from my understanding, he looked way better than Trubisky um, from what I, what I saw online. But yeah, I don't know. Like, okay. So I'm looking at the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and I'm going to name the ones that I think Davis Mills is better than. Daniel Jones. Um, That's fair. That's fair. I think that's the end of the list. Yeah. Yeah, I I can agree with that. (laughs) Maybe Marcus Murray. But
1: I don't know. Funny that you bring up up, uh, the Giants, though. Because that, if you ever need an indicator of how awful the preseason can be, and basically how it's like a terrible team's like Super Bowl. Think this way: the the Bengals lost to the to the Giants this past week. There ain't no universe where the starting Bengals, you know their starters versus their first team, uh, um, you know Giant starters, will ever. Lose to the Giants.
3: Okay, and so, like looking at the box score for this game too, it's, as you mentioned, so I clicked on it. Um, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like Kenny DeGalladay's is out there. Kadarius Tony's not out there. Saquon Barkley's not out there. As these guys shouldn't be out there, but but they played Daniel Jones. Like, why are they playing on- him? Like, what? He sucks. <laughs> I he sucks. But like, you were okay. And I promise we'll talk about the Rams in a second. But like. <laughs> you are giving like the way they built the team the giants for 2022 they are clearly saying okay daniel jones um this is it show us that you can be the guy what if he gets hurt in the preseason then what do you do then you have no idea if he's going to be the guy and if you're not playing you know obviously saquon barkley should be nowhere near the field in the fucking preseason under any circumstances but like if he's not going to be out there and guys like Galladay, who sucks, um, and Tony, who's injured, are also not out there. Why is Daniel Jones out there? I just don't, like, what. what is he going to get out of, out of it? Davis Mills has one season under his belt. This is, what, four for Jones? Three or four? So, I, I just, that, that's crazy to me.
1: I, I mean, at this point, we know that that Daniel Jones is probably not going to be the quarterback in, in 2023. I, I can't uh, believe he's the quarterback
3: in 2022.
1: Well, I, I can't believe he was selected, you know, as the rookie replacement for, for Eli Manning, but that's another story. Okay. um, I think we, we talked about terrible quarterbacks and terrible teams enough.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, this is a great time to put in an ad break.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
3: You know, I never actually call out when we're going to do the ad breaks. This is, this is a rarity for me. Um, okay. I think the big, uh, we'll talk about the big stories of the week and then we'll talk about the Ram side of this game. But Second round of roster cuts came in. No, Kendall Blanton uh was cut here. Now, let's let's preface this. Johnny, I think we can both agree the season outlook does not change a single fucking bit by this cut. Um I think everyone's in agreement there. But let's talk about it a little bit because this is a guy who replaced Tyler Higbee in big moments in the playoffs and played really well, I would say, at least considering what was expected from him. Uh this is the guy who entered the preseason as a favorite to be the second tight end on the depth chart. Um there's a world in a world that we're living in where Bryson Hopkins would supplant him as a tight end too, but pretty nuts to just cut him considering he's not making a lot of money. Um and it wouldn't be a big deal if he was just the third guy on the depth chart because he's been in the practice squad before, you know, I don't think he'd be losing sleep over it. Um, again, in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't really mean anything, but it's August and we have to talk about this kind of stuff. I don't really know how you explain this cut. Like, if unless they are just straight up going to take two tight ends on the roster, which seems likely, um, but also – Tyler Higby has missed quite a bit of games in his career. You know, not, not a guy I'm sitting here saying he's going to miss lots of games, but a guy who you probably wouldn't expect to play a full 17 games ever. Um, and you're thinning out that room is just surprising. Um, like the, again, the team's going to be fine, but it just, it kind of blew me away. And especially this early in the preseason, um, which is kind of a crazy a crazy decision. But what was your reaction to this?
1: I, I was a little bit blown away, I'm not going to lie, just because uh, again, you 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 brought up all the good points, you know, Blanton was a guy that really was a a, a big a big player for the Rams, uh, especially throughout the entire playoff system, you know. And and He came in clutch, especially when, you know, Higby was out. And and the funny thing is, if you actually read some of these headlines, you know, I I loved Kendall Blanton. I thought he was somebody that was awesome, that he came up um, through the Rams practice squad. I mean, he was always someone there during uh, preseasons and stuff, but finally stepped up and contributed last year. And the way the headlines wrote it was, Super Bowl starter Kendall Blanton. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay, <laughs> guys, relax a little bit. Let's let's dial it down. I, I love Kendall Blanton. He was huge for us at times, but they made him sound like he was like the uh, the starting tight end throughout the 2021 uh, season. And I'm like, okay, you can you can relax a little bit, guys. Let's let's take things into perspective a little bit. But uh, yeah, I. I was, I was still shocked, and it makes sense because it, more than likely the Rams are going to have to roll with eight wide receivers uh, if you count um, Brandon Powell as a wide receiver. So if they end up rolling with eight receivers, you're going to have two tight ends, essentially. Higby is your starter, though you wouldn't – you can't really rely on Higby to be – A starter, like you said, Steve, through all 17 games. You know, this is a guy that kind of struggled to stay healthy at at times. And that's where it gets a little bit dicey because then you have Bryson Hopkins. And let's be real, Hopkins only really turned it up one game throughout his entire career so far. Albeit it was the Super Bowl, so I guess that's great. But still doesn't leave a lot of confidence. The only other way I can possibly see the Rams – Getting a third tight end is if they go with if they roll with Roger Carter being that blocking tight end, kind of like a Johnny Munt like mentality there. But I don't think they're gonna have enough room. I I don't think they're gonna have enough room to carry him. So my thoughts is they're gonna probably stash away Roger Carter on, on the practice squad, and should they need him, you know, they'll pick him up. And uh, you know, since injuries are already starting to creep up on the Rams, which we'll get to in a sec. Uh, they may end up with Roger Carter on on the roster just depending on, you know, who's being placed on the IR uh, initially
3: and, you know, what spots are open. The Higby, just to lay it out there, he missed two games in 2019. Um, He was active for the Chicago game, but he didn't play at all. Uh, I do not remember... Oh, that's not true. He did play. He just wasn't targeted. Oh, no. I wait. Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm reading this in the fly. Okay. He did play. So he missed one game in 2019, one game in 2020, three games last year, including the playoffs. Um, So not like huge, a huge injury history, but a guy who doesn't play every game every year and just thinning out the position is a little crazy. And you bring up Roger Carter, like there's no world where he's better than Kendall Blanton. No, no, I I guess if you want him to be like that blocking guy, but I don't know, like he's not Johnny Munn either. Um, maybe, maybe they think he could be, I mean, we'll see. Maybe they think Hopkins and Blanton are too similar. And Hopkins is the guy that would want to roll forward with, which I would agree with if the decision did come down to those two at this point. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they got to keep eight guys. They keep claiming Jacob Harris is a wide receiver. I think he, if Roger Carter gets caught, like like we just talked about, he's clearly going to be slated as a tight end three if they need him. So, I don't know. Just especially before the final preseason game, it's a surprising. He did get picked up on waivers by the Commanders. Uh, that is a Washington football team, if you don't remember that this is their new name uh he the chiefs also put in a waiver claim for him so clearly a somewhat coveted guy uh to get two waiver claims on him
1: i think it you know being uh picked up by the commanders was probably the best spot for him i i think they could absolutely use him a little puzzling that the chiefs put in for him but i guess you could never have too many good tight ends i guess
3: yeah if they wanted to keep a third guy i mean he could play um, and I guess he's from that area, so it could have been a, a homecoming. But I agree. I think he will more than likely make the Commanders and be on the depth chart, and that'll be a good fit for him. Other guys cut. Come-
1: oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go
3: ahead. No, uh, I was going to move on, so keep talking.
1: Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, all I was going to say was the uh, as far as the Commanders go, um, I, I, opt, I actually the reason why... Uh, the Rams ultimately cut Blanton so early was just so that you know teams would notice, uh, and I'm pretty sure they would have noticed that the later cuts as well. But um, at this point, you know it was even more noticeable. So um, I, I think this was mainly for him uh, because they could have technically cut him much later, but at least this gives him an opportunity to get on a squad. I, I think that's kind of one of the things about the Rams' front office is they always seem to look out for their players and always try and look out for the best interest. And uh, I, I think that was the case here.
3: And he's a Super Bowl champ. Glad he was able to get scooped up. Uh, and if that is the case, that that's actually what they did. I suppose it's a good move on their part. McVay did say that this wasn't related to them possibly keeping eight receivers, but I feel like it also was. I, I don't believe. I don't believe him. Um, Bullshit. <laughs> the other notable cuts, Raymond Raymond Calais, I think is how they kept pronouncing it, not Calais, and A.J. Rose were cut. So you look at the running back roster now, Akers, Henderson, Kieran Williams, Jake Funk seem like locks for the four. Trey Ruggis, um if they keep a fifth guy, I don't think they will. He seems like destined for the practice squad if he survived the other guys.
1: Yeah, I it, I was kind of hoping to see more from Calais. Um but in the end there wasn't really much to see from him and yeah, it looks like Funk kind of locked up the spot there. I'd be really shocked if they cut Funk and, and kept Dragos at this point, but uh uh yeah, it, it's going to be Funk the fourth guy for sure.
3: Trey would have to go absolutely bananas in that last game to knock off Funk, I think. I think Funk makes a team. Uh, Trey goes to the practice squad. Yeah. Uh, the other big news of the week, I guess we got more than that. Logan Bruss, third round pick, offensive guard, out for the year with the torn ACL. Just tough for him to see, you know, especially during the preseason. And Bruss, really the only guy on our bench that you could talk yourself into being a reliable starter if it ever came down to that. Obviously, this means Coleman Shelton, if he didn't have the job locked up already, clearly has the job locked up. Um, Just a bummer to see. And also terrifying for the depth chart with how this team is at offensive line right now.
1: Yeah, it's a shame because I I think with, with Logan Brust, you know, he clearly wasn't ready to be a starter quite yet. Um, but I would have to say that Logan Bruss, you know, given enough time, maybe he could have uh you know inched his way to you know playing time. You never know. But uh at this point we're never gonna know because uh he's out for the season. I think that's what hurts the most. Um especially because man, behind behind Edwards, behind um Shelton. It, it, it looks very, very grim, you know, and, and it's almost at the point where you kind of want the Rams to look out for guys being cut at, at the last round of cuts, because I would not feel comfortable with say a Bobby Evans, you know, being placed there as a replacement. And, you know, there's not, there's not really too many other guys that I'd feel comfortable with. I mean, Tremaine Ankrum, I guess could be a nice guy to, in but he's not someone you want there as a starter if, if it needs to come to that you know he's he, I, I think the biggest issue is it is something that will always be an issue he's undersized and that's going to be the biggest problem um you know someone who can surely you know um spot start you know maybe take pick up the rest of the game should they need to but definitely if, if there's like a long term injury for either Edwards or, or Shelton, that's where it's gonna get a little dicey and at least at tackle there's a little bit more depth, but man, it, it it's it's a little nerve wracking at this point.
3: If if anybody suffers a season ender, I think they will absolutely make a trade. I don't think you can trust any of these guys. I don't think they do. This is what um McVeigh said after the breast injury, this is before we knew a season ending. So he said, hopefully he'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. But then he said, but I thought last week in particular, Tremaine Ankrum really stood out and AJ Jackson. I think the, those guys have shown they're capable players. This is my favorite part of the quote, Johnny. He says, Bobby Evans has played a lot of football. And so it is important to get those evals, especially against different defensive line structures. So he praises two guys and then says, Bobby Evans has played a lot of football. Well, <laughs> he didn't lie. Oh my like god damn, John. At, at least he didn't lie. That is I, I don't I I don't know if he meant for that to be just eviscerating, but god damn like talk about a vote of no confidence. So I mean, yeah, like you said they they like Ankrum. I guess they like AJ Jackson. It's clear they don't like Bobby Evans and they shouldn't uh, unfortunately he has not panned out, but yeah, if there's a big injury, I think they will make a move. Um, if they, they have to, yeah. Like if no boom gets injured for three games, I'm sure they'll just play Ankram and fucking pray, <laughs> but yeah, they have to, it's the, this is another week of these guys just looking absolutely fucking terrible. Uh, well, John Wolford was sacked five times in the first half. Bryce Perkins got sacked once and he's unsackable. Um, as we as we know, the Rams averaged 2.3 yards per carry in this game. Raymond Calais had the best game statistically, averaging 3.5 yards a carry. They got no push up front. Um, the quarterbacks did not have a lot of time to throw the football. Luckily, both these guys are mobile, so they made some things happen. But Wolford, not mobile enough. He got sacked five times. Just, yeah, this, this is a fucking nightmare if any of these guys get hurt. And it's a nightmare if Coleman Shelton sucks. Because uh, we don't even know if he can play. Um, you know, all, I, I've, I've been saying all he needs to do is be slightly below average as an NFL guard. And the unit should be fine if Noteboom can play well. And we have evidence that he could play well, at least. So, yeah, like if, that, if he's bad, I mean, God, dude, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they would have to make a trade.
1: Yeah, especially if they want to win this year, which... Um, I mean, by all means, I mean, the the Rams have kind of made these kinds of moves to suggest that they're all in in this season as well.
3: You have to you have to keep making these moves if you need them to compete. Yeah, there's no benefit of planning for the future now. It's it's not impossible that we never have a. Rough period in a couple of years, but it's probably likely that in when Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford are not on the team, we're going to be trash. I don't fucking care. Like that's fine. We knew this is we knew this might happen eventually, but you have to keep making these moves if there's a position that is so just bad. And I mean, last year we saw with Von Miller, we we gave up a third what? We didn't, did we give up a second or was it just a third? Or was it a second and a third?
1: I think it was second and third if I'm not mistaken
3: which is you know if you can get a player of that caliber on the offensive line even if he's on a contract year I don't care that resulted in us winning a Super Bowl we don't win it without him so you got to keep making these moves there's there's absolutely no question let's run through the box score of the game preseason Texans beat us 24 to 20 the Rams led for the Rams or the i should say the texans did not lead despite playing a lot of their starters until the last seconds of the first half so just good on them and shout out to the ram stevens will will hit offense first but i'm sure we're going to rave about a bunch of these guys on defense look really good um at quarterback john wolford went 14 to 22 for 142 yards sacked five times 82 passer rating Bryce Perkins went 11 of 13 for 123 yards. He was sacked once. Neither guy threw a touchdown. The Rams had two touchdowns in this game. One was Trey Ragas on the ground. The other um, was a blocked punt by Roger Carter. Took that one to the house. Let's just break it down these two guys. So here's where I stand in the backup quarterback battle. I think Bryce Perkins has looked better. And if something happens to Matthew Stafford, we need to trade for a quarterback is my stance.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Well,
1: I mean, if it's a long-term injury for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Short-term I would be interested to like, I don't think they'll make a trade of it short-term. I think you've seen enough of these guys to where like, like if you have to throw out Bryce Perkins for a game, I would love to watch it. And I don't think defense, like, obviously we've seen Bryce Perkins play in the preseason, but I don't know if they'd really be able to combat it because you know Sean McVay has a John Wolford playbook in his back pocket and a Bryce Perkins playbook that he can't run with Matthew Stafford. Obviously, they can't do 80% of the things Stafford does, but for a game or two, I would love to see it. But long-term... I'll fucking take bum-ass Jimmy G, dude, like, if it comes to that. Uh, I don't know. There, There's a lot of delight with both of these guys, and Perkins especially. Like, his legs are no joke. You can build an offense around him that would take you somewhere. I don't think it'd be deep into the playoffs, but it could take you somewhere. But, yeah, I don't know. I Perkins looked. I looked better than Wolford in this game, but Wolford also was playing against more first-teamers than Perkins was, so it's hard to really gauge. Uh, personally, I, I I like both of them. I
1: again, I'm kind of with you where I I don't think that you really would go very far with either one of them as your starting quarterback. But that's kind of the case for most backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Most. Um, at the same time, I'm kind of more of a Wolford fan than I am uh, Bryce Perkins, just because I feel like with Bryce Perkins, he he's definitely a very exciting player to watch. And I feel like that's where a lot of fans are kind of been an- enamored with them is because, I mean, he's fun, dude. Like uh, a- any anyone that can kind of be that elusive um, can, you know, be like that mobile quarterback that is like a Lamar Jackson type of, of, of quarterback. That's essentially a running back. Um, that's awesome. You know, that, that's exciting to watch and um, especially someone that can extend drives and that that's great. But I, I don't know, like I I didn't see really enough of him, you know, kind of using his arm to the point where like, you know what, this guy can be a starting quarterback in, in the NFL. And while I can't really say the same for John Wolford either, one of the things I will say about Wolford is I do like his, uh, you know, decision-making and patience a little bit better than Perkins um, because I feel like Perkins is, will always be run first. Um, And while he's done a little bit better than last year on that approach, still, you would like him to kind of be like, okay, if I'm a little bit more patient I can probably get you know a shot downfield um but it'll it'll be a little bit hard with this offensive line so um I don't know like for me I, I'm still um on Wolford's side as as the direct backup
3: Yeah we've seen Wolford play with actual players and he looked pretty good you know in that in that one game I mean they won so that was uh certainly the biggest advantage of it but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would love to see Perkins with an actual unit, but it would be a terrifying situation if we ever have to see it because, I mean, without Stafford. I think, like, I'm going to name some quarterbacks in the event of an injury and you tell me if it would be worth trading, let's say, a third-round pick. If something happens to Stafford, you could just hot fire yes or no. All right, Teddy Bridgewater. Hell no. <laughs> I think I, I guess I wouldn't trade a third. I would trade like a fifth though. If something happened,
1: fifth. I, I'm absolutely on board. Let's, but a third,
3: nah. Let's make it fifth because really the only guy available who'd be worth trading at day two pick is Garoppolo. Um, Ugh, no, I wouldn't even want to do that. I would definitely trade a third for him in this nightmare scenario. Uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold, no, nah, I'd rather see what these guys can do. For
1: real, like, I I've, I think we've seen enough of him on the Jets and the Panthers to the point where I'm like, yeah, let's roll with Perkins at this point.
3: <laughs> what about Andy Dalton? No. I think I would. I think I would take Dalton.
1: I you know what? Um, there might have been a time back in like his Cincy days where I'd absolutely do that. Of course his value'd be much higher, but ah, uh, nah, just no. I, I think I'd rather roll with Wolford or, or Perkins.
3: Yeah, there are less good backup quarterbacks in the NFL than I thought there were. Like, I'm just like <laughs> I just picked on a random list of top 50 guys. It's like Gardner Minshew, who I definitely would talk myself into. Uh, Case... Yes,
1: I, I would absolutely do it for yeah. Minshew.
3: Case Keenum, I don't think so. Like Geno no. Smith, I don't think so. Tyra no. Taylor, maybe. I would. I'd do a fifth rounder for. Yeah, for Tyra I think Taylor. I would too. Like Colt McCoy no. Taylor no. Heineke maybe. No. Okay, last one. Nick Foles, sixth rounder. Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't even think it would cost a fifth. I think you could get him for a six.
1: Sixth rounder, yes Fifth rounder, I don't know if i do it
3: Yeah, oh my god Alright, well, is there anything else with Perkins or Wolford you want to hit on? I mean, you watch the tape There's not much deeper than what you see on the field Perkins' strengths are so evident and his weaknesses are so evident And if it ever came to it There's clear, like Clearly there's a lot to like and a lot to be terrified of
1: Yep Yeah, I I mean you you hit the nail on the head. Pretty much what you see is what you get.
3: On the ground, we're just going to skip this entirely because there is absolutely nothing to make of these team 20 carries for 46 yards. Trey Ragans had a nice touchdown run. That's that's about the only takeaway. Uh, no surprise that two guys got cut after this game on the ground receiving. Okay, Lance McCutcheon, five receptions for 96 yards on six targets. He has to make the team.
1: Yeah. You can't I, I cut him. There's no way. There's no way. You there's, It would be an absolute <laughs> – it would be like chaos on Twitter and pretty much everywhere that shows Rams media, Rams news – there would be so much, you know, complaining that McCutcheon doesn't make the team, even though, let's face it, this guy is not going to see the field at all.
3: Um, so I don't uh, know, man. If Van Jefferson doesn't play week one, I would bet that he plays at least one meaningful snap.
2: Maybe that's my maybe. guess.
3: Uh, but I don't know. He also could be a healthy scratch, but, um, if Van Jefferson is healthy now, he will never see the field. No, nope. but I don't know. He and uh, Mina Kimes on the broadcast called out a good point. Like last week, he, a lot of his plays were just like, go get it type, jump balls or big passes, and he was making some possession catches in this game. And he just looks looks good, man. He looks like um, no, I'm never sick here like like you're saying and say. He's going to be a major contributor in the future on this team, but he looks like an NFL wide receiver. And we haven't seen that in a Rams preseason game in a long time. Like, he clearly looks like he belongs on a roster. Um, and no, I haven't seen that since, since what Nelson Spruce? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, could we talk ourselves into Daryl Hodge, but I don't think he was this impressive. No, no, definitely not. And I don't think you could really like, Every other receiver on the depth chart this year has not looked like that, uh, and certainly last year either. So yeah, it's it's been awesome. It's it's nice to have a genuine surprise breakout guy in a, in the preseason for us. That's always fun. Uh, Austin Tramel four receptions for forty six yards and five catches. He's not going to make the team. Nope. Um, Bryson Hopkins six catches for forty one yards. He looks good. He looks he looks good. I uh, I am confident enough in him as a tight end too.
1: Yeah, I I think that's kind of what led to this cut of Blanton. I mean, you know, Hopkins seemed like he was pretty solid out there uh, for the past uh, two games, and that's really all you need for your backup tight end. So uh, yeah, I, I I absolutely agree that Hopkins is definitely someone that the Rams could uh, rely on if. Higby needs a breather or needs a spot start.
3: Yeah, and I'm curious how much he'll play because, like, I I don't remember what the split between 11 and 12 personnel was last year, but they ran some 12, right? So, like, in theory, Hopkins has to get some meaningful snaps.
1: I would think so, but at the same time, I feel like um hopkins well well really any backup tight end really never got a whole lot of touches when higby was starting oh yeah i don't think he'll get the ball
3: but
2: he could get
3: see the field
1: yeah yeah for sure that much i'll agree with
3: yeah but you never know because it wouldn't shock me if with no blocking tight end really around i mean maybe they'll keep carter but even him it's he's not johnny munn i think they'll just rely more on cooper cup and ben Skronik as blockers is it, what <laughs> it's what i would guess i mean yeah we're not even seeing Skronik out here so clearly they have some type of plan for him jacob harris four catches for 24 yards uh on seven targets nice to see him doing some stuff he with the Blanton cut would be pretty surprising to see him get cut. I think he he's also a lock for the team.
1: Yeah, yeah i, I I'm happy that he's actually healthy enough to be out there. Which you know it hasn't been a, a great start to his career because of injuries, but uh, hopefully he stays healthy and um, because I think kind of the draw on on uh on Harris is his athleticism. And uh, you can't have too many good talented receivers on this team. I think we've seen Matthew Stafford make use of all his receivers when uh available. so um as long as you know we have you know healthy wide receivers out there i think I think Matthew Stafford will find them and uh hopefully we don't have to get to the point where we have to rely on Harris, but at least we know we have some very capable backups. Uh, which is kind of nice, considering last year <laughs> we were kind of, you know, relying on guys like Skoranek to help us out.
3: Well, Johnny, I hate to break to you because we're gonna be relying on guys like Skoranek this season. You know, I,
1: I, I have to say, I'm, I'm thinking that there are gonna be guys that are gonna overthrow Skoranek on the depth chart at some point, and I feel like maybe there is a role. That Sean McVay foresees in him and let's face it Sean McVay is a Super Bowl winning head coach so I'm pretty sure he knows a lot more about Skoranek and his potential than I do so but that being said I don't see it man Uh,
3: yeah you you all know I don't either but just like my glass half full is they're not playing Skoranek and they're not playing Tutu who I know has been banged up so he's more of an understandable preseason cut, not cut, but just inactive. But they are playing people like Robert Rochelle, who you would also expect to play actual snaps this season, right? And so hopefully Skoranek has looked good enough that he does not need these reps. Um, I hope that's true, and I also hope that if he doesn't look good, they are not afraid to give Lance McCutcheon a chance in that spot because, like, we've seen Skronik have Cabot be a literal net negative at times on this offense. Yeah. Yes, we have. I don't think it's worth talking about any of these other catch passers. What did I just say? Is that English? Pass catchers. <laughs> um, well, uh, any – we already talked about the offensive line. Anything we missed on offense that you wanted to hit? Nah, I
1: think we hit them all.
3: Defense. Uh, Jay Como led the way with seven tackles. Deron Lowe had six tackles, five solo tackles. Um, with Deron Lowe, he looked good. He had the, he he was the, he was the guy who forced the fumble on the, um, the, the pun, right? That's correct. So, good game for him. He had a, a nice breakup, I think, in the end zone at one point. Um, I don't know, <laughs> despite Tarambo's thoughts. I thought he looked pretty good.
1: Uh, I mean, he, it, it's unfortunate that he he's on a team that is absolutely stacked at this particular position. But, um, you know, maybe he, he can be stashed on the practice squad. Him, him and other guys like um, Grant Haley, who has absolutely no shot at making this roster. Um, but, yeah.
3: Is there a clown in, in your background?
1: You know, I was trying to mute the mic in time, but I guess <laughs> I didn't. Um, so, actually, maybe this is a good segue. Well, not a segue, but a, a good time to remind people that I live, you know, near the LA area. And if you live near the LA area, you know exactly what this sound is. And this sound is not a clown. Um, though, I guess, I guess they're making a comeback, right? Where like the people are dressed as clowns, they're making a comeback, right? Uh, anyway, they're, um, this is, uh, usually a a guy, uh, either a paletero man, which is like a Mexican ice cream man, or, um, let's see what else it could be. I don't know how to call it in, in English um they they call it doritos in in spanish which it's not doritos it's doritos <laughs> i was
3: gonna say
1: yeah it, it's not doritos they don't sell doritos it's like this uh like wheat i don't even know how to describe it it's like wheat round snack where they put uh chili uh like hot sauce and lemon on it um but yeah uh, that's what you that's what you're hearing they He came at the perfect time. Never comes on my street at all, (laughs) except for when I podcast. So uh, I'm like, "Geez, okay." So that's that's what you're hearing. Um, Hope you guys are hungry because that's it it makes me want some. I'm not gonna lie.
3: At my old New York City apartment, we used to get an ice cream man come by at like seven o'clock as well. So it's I understand. I don't understand this, but I understand weird city street noises happening at odd times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and you have to think about it because Steve and I are, are doing this podcast for Steve. It's much later, but for me, it's at seven in the evening and he's out there honking his horn. I, I can't, I, I can't see um, from where I'm at right now. So I don't know what exactly, but whoever's out there, you know, selling something at this hour. I'm like, I don't know. May, maybe it's just me. But I would think you'd want to do it a little earlier.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you learn something new every day. I just got a nice education lesson here. Uh, I will just roll through some players on defense, and you could tell me how you thought about them. Uh, tell about these two guys together because they're both young. Kobe Durant, I thought looked really good, and uh, Robert Rochelle looked pretty good as well. So, I mean, out of the two, like probably the two players you would want to really see look well in this game on defense. So that was nice to see that those two guys performed. Unlike am uh, Daron Lowe, who I agree probably will be a practice squad guy. These two guys will be on the roster. So it is, it is nice to them shining in against real players too. Uh, I know yep. that Texans office is not that good, but like Nico Collins is an actual football player.
1: Yep. Uh, underrated guy, I would say.
3: Yeah. His touchdown was a monster play. It was, uh, uh, I think he beat Darian Kendrick, right? Which, he, he, who still played pretty good defense on the ball and also had a pretty good game overall. Um, but yeah, I think he's underrated too. And as a Nico Collins dynasty fantasy football owner, I hope I'm not just being up my own ass with that take.
1: No, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you, man. The, uh, I think Nico Collins is, is, uh, is someone to look out for um, as, as he, you know, as this offense, this younger offense kind of continues to develop I think he's gonna be a part of that de- developmental process. Is he gonna, you know, beat out Brandon Cooks for for you know playing time or or stats? No. Hell no. But um is he gonna be someone that Davis Mills looks to? I, I think so. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I, I like him, and there's not that many pass catchers around to take catches. So if you're looking at for late round flyers in fantasy. I think he's worth a double digit round pick. Um but yeah, those two guys look great. And uh yeah, your boy Daring Daring Kendrick looked pretty good as well. And uh oh, Kobe Kobe oh, Durant yeah. got the well, go ahead. Uh no, I was just agreeing. Um
1: I, I think I know where you're going with the the Kobe Durant. So uh Yeah,
3: he got the shout out from Kevin Durant on Twitter. So that was yo, love
1: to see it. He, that just means, you know, he's going to help bring Kevin Durant to the, to the Lakers, you know, oh,
3: let I, me dream, Steve. Let I, me dream. Damn don't,
1: don't bother.
3: There's no way that happens.
1: It's not going to happen, but let me dream for a second.
3: Uh, I think the other, the other guy in this game that had a, had a big day that probably has a chance to actually play is, um, uh, Jonah Williams had a monster strip sack and, nope with uh and we didn't even talk about the inj- injury to Daniel Hardy who's on the IR. They didn't call that season ending though, did they?
1: No. No, just that cuz it's a high ankle sprain, so he'll probably be out of uh, about a month or two. Yeah. Um so yeah, he'll he'll be back this season. It's just he's going to start out on the IR for sure.
3: Yeah, and so there are clearly snaps available. Uh, for pass rushers and I know Terrell Lewis isn't out there in these games but I kind of view him in the same light as Ben Skronic where there's absolutely no man or no way that man should have job security as a a rotational guy Uh, both of those dudes are gonna have to earn their snaps and so for someone like Jonah Williams to be making monster plays out here against actual players again uh, to reiterate that it's 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 great to see and it's encouraging with all these guys that they look good and the defense as a whole in the first half man just look great and like you could we say all this shit about Davis Mills and all that these are these are starters last week we didn't play against anybody and they arguably looked better this week so it's just it's encouraging to see them look this good um especially when the offense we trotted out there in the first half of this game looked horrible. So it it was nice to see these guys stepping up. I don't know if there's any, I don't really have any other specific cards on defense. I don't know if you had any, um, I will say I
1: I was happy with the improvement of, uh, Russ yeast who had kind of a iffy performance against the chargers, um, But, I I, I mean, it wasn't perfect at all against the Texans, but um, I did see a little bit of signs of improvement there, which is great. Um, uh, Unfortunately, you know, guys like Quentin Lake haven't had an opportunity to really test his skills at all because of an injury. Um, Haven't even received an update about Quentin Lake. I wonder how he's doing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, can't be great if there's just no updates for a guy that definitely would be suiting up in the preseason. Like, there's no world where he doesn't play.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine that um, he's probably, if you haven't even heard him his name spoken at all, my thoughts is he's probably going to land on the IR.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Or injury cut, but I, I guess we'll see. Matt Gay, two for two in this game, our king. Love him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no no doubters, too, right down the middle. And, uh, yeah, not much more you can ask for your starting kicker.
3: As always a stud. I kind of watch this game in a hurry, so I don't have any takes on Riley Dixon at this time. I will try to go back and watch every one of his punts from the final two preseason games before the season starts.
1: Uh, Well, let me inform you, Steve. He looked really good out there. Um, and mind you, he didn't look like prime Johnny Hecker or anything like that, but he looked um, he looked much better than post-prime Johnny Hecker. I'll, I'll say that much.
3: Well, I mean, looking at the numbers, average 46.7 yards a punt. Punted six times, three of them were in the 20, only one was a touchback. So, seems solid to me.
1: And about that, too, there was a few that could have been uh, prevented from, uh, you know, go- well, actually, I guess you said there was only one touchback, but uh, there was one touchback that could have could have easily been, uh, you know, secured at the one, but for whatever reason, I-, I forget which player it was, but one of the players let it, you know, bounce and they could have, and I get it, they were trying to get it, um, you know, as close to the, Uh, to the one as they could have but they ended up letting it bounce into the end zone
3: this is where you actually need Ben Skoranek yeah Ben Skoranek would have made that (laughs) he was a good special teamer I will at least not drag the guy for everything (laughs) we got a Super Bowl rematch this week uh against the Bengals the 27th one is uh Saturday. Uh, this yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday in Cincinnati. There's going to be some joint practices this week. See if there's any uh, any animosity from our former Super Bowl foe. Would, nobody that matters will play in this game for either team. So, uh, as our friend Zach Taylor comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. Yep. You will not see Joe Burrow. You will not see Joe Mixon. You will not see Jamar Chase. And obviously, you'll not see any of these guys. Anyone. I don't even think I have any answer to this. Is there anyone you want to see something from in th- this game before final cuts?
1: Um, Just more from uh, our secondary, more from Kendrick, more from Durant, just because it's fun. Uh, more from McCutcheon because it's fun.
3: Yeah. yeah. I-, I think we've seen enough of Robert Rochelle. I hope they don't play him.
1: Yeah, Robert Rochelle looked like a stud in both games, like, there, I I mean, he, I, I hope that David Long plays much better than he did last year during the regular season anyway, because these guys looked amazing. Now, again, maybe I should backtrack a little bit because, uh, you know, they will be seeing much better talent than uh, what they have seen in these past two preseason games. But still, Robert Russel looked like a, a bona fide player out there. Um, and and I hope his progression
3: continues. Yeah, I, I would be uh, ideal, but like you said, uh, not next, uh, David Long, not a sure thing at all. Uh, this might be Terrell Burgess's last chance to make things happen. Uh, he had a nice tackle in this game. That was my <laughs> only uh, my only note on him. Had a nice tackle. <laughs> you know, I hope. I just hope they cut him because, like. It- if he has a future in the NFL, it's not here. Let's just all move on, and maybe he will be better somewhere else.
1: I, yeah, I I think it just depends on how many safeties they plan on keeping on the roster. Uh, but, I mean, if you count Russ Yeast in there, it, it, they'll have four. So, yeah, I, I don't think you necessarily need uh, Terrell Burgess, but they, Sean McVay could want to keep a fifth one in there, uh, just for veteran's sake, I guess.
3: Yeah, we'll see. There's, there's a lot of cornerbacks on the team. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, anything we didn't hit? I feel like we hit a lot. No,
1: I think, I think we hit pretty much everything and, uh, yeah, just we're that much closer to the 2022 regular season
3: in 2 weeks we can actually talk about the NFL season in a real way. Just wow. We're almost there. Uh the Rams this will be coming out on Tuesday. By the time this comes out will be 16 days away from opening day, which we will be playing in. Raising yeah, that banner. It's the best. Do we raise, Do they raise banners in the NFL?
1: Probably um, not I, at SoFi. I, I mean, I'm sure they will at SoFi at some point. Um, but
3: uh, it would be the first banner at SoFi. I want them to change the top of SoFi that, to just put Super Bowl champions on it for the entire season. That would be awesome. Then when they do, I, they will I, fly over, just remind everyone, this is a deal.
1: You might get uh, some butthurt Charger fans though.
3: Damn, the Rams uh, just saw their last five win five games. They uh, they snapped a win streak with this loss. Too bad. Dumb. Too bad. It was a eight game win streak. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's not true. It was a. We literally lost our last game of the season. It was a five game win streak. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, we- we did, didn't we lose? Damn. 49ers in overtime. But we got revenge. It doesn't matter. Yep, the one that counted. Never had to think about that game again. because, like, Never go listen to our postgame podcast after that one. You never want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it's it. Pro- <laughs> I might go listen to it just for fun. It's probably so funny to listen to in the light of us winning the Super Bowl. Doom and gloom for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. We'll be back next week. Follow us on Twitter at C. Rivero, at Johnny596, at TalkRams. And enjoy another preseason game.
0: How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh,
1: I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done
2: yet.